Let's look together in perhaps two sessions of Look at the Book at Galatians 6, 12 to 15. Perhaps in the first session we'll look at uh, verses 12 and 13 and then in the second session at this unit down here. And what I want us to see methodologically is that when a text raises questions for us, it can be answered, the questions can be answered either by reflecting deeply, carefully on the logic and the wording of the text itself, and also by looking at nearby parallels or analogies, which you find most often either by memory or by looking at a concordance. So, Father, as we look at these enormously important texts about circumcision and the cross and persecution and pride and boasting, grant that our hearts would be humbled and that we would go deep with Christ in what he achieved for us when he stripped us of all pride and boasting in our achievements and threw us back on himself. I ask this in his name. Amen. It is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh who would force you to be circumcised. So the Jewish group that had come to the churches um, where Paul is trying to preach and are pushing circumcision are being addressed here. And only in order that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. For even those who are circumcised do not themselves keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. Now, it is those who want to make a good showing, they want to make a good showing in the flesh. So that's the inward motivational dynamic. This is put a good face on it. That's pretty much a literal translation of the Greek. They want to put a good face on their uh, accomplishment in the flesh, namely uh, to be circumcised. So they have been circumcised and they want to put a good face on that. And how is it that they're uh, forcing, compelling, requiring that the Gentiles be circumcised helps them put a good face on their circumcision. And, and here's an illustration of how I think you can answer that question just by reflecting deeply on the text. If you, if you have done something that you believe puts you in good standing with God, and your acceptance with God is based upon this, this circumcision, then one of the ways to put that in the best possible light is to go around and tell others they must do the same. Because if, if you can persuade them to be circumcised, then what you are doing is highlighting the fact that you have already done what you are requiring them to do. And that puts a good face on 
their own circumcision. We see that again. See if that's, that's the right kind of answer. Verse 13, for even those who are circumcised, so that's these people who are trying to make a good showing in the flesh, they are circumcised, they do not themselves keep the whole law. So the, the reason for their trying to make a good showing in the flesh is not that they are successfully making law-keeping a ground for their acceptance with God, because they do not, they do not themselves keep the whole law. This is not working. But, well, if that's not the motive, that they themselves have found a successful way to be accepted with God, what is their motive? Their motive is they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast. So this boast here and this make a good showing are the same thing. They want to boast in your flesh. So here they're making a good showing in their own flesh by drawing attention to how they've already achieved what they're requiring of you. And they can underline the success or the commitment to that moral standard of circumcision if they can get you to join them. And so the more people, the more notches in the gun of their proselytizing efforts to get others to join them in this law-keeping approach towards getting right with God, which isn't even working, the more they can boast. Now, this piece right here and only in order that they may not be persecuted by the cross cross of Christ, gets to the bottom of why they are trying to make this good showing in the flesh, in order that they might not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. Well, that raises a question, what is it about the cross of Christ that would result in persecution if they stopped trying to make a good showing in the flesh, that is, stopped trying to force these others to be circumcised. And that is an illustration. Getting the answer to that is an illustration of using a a concordance to find a very similar kind of passage in Galatians. And if you do that, what you find is Galatians 5, 2. So in the previous chapter, something very illuminating was spoken. I, Paul, say to you that if you accept circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you. So if if you accept the message of these folks that are requiring circumcision of you as the path of getting right with God, being accepted by God, Christ will be of no advantage to you. There's no partial Christ and partial uh, works of the law here. In other words, if you say, well, uh, I want to do circumcision as a 10% of my part in getting right with God and and Christ's uh, cross here, his dying for me, I'll let him do what, 90%? And, and he says, no, no. If, if you try to accept circumcision as part of the deal in how you get right with God, he's of no advantage to you. There's no 80% or 90% or 10% or 1%. It is all Christ or no Christ. I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision 
that he is obligated to keep the whole law. This is the reason. If you say, well, I'm going to have law-keeping, this part of it at least, a circumcision as part of my ground for being accepted with God, then you are saying law-keeping will be what I do, and you will be obligated then to keep the whole law. In other words, if law-keeping is going to be any part of the ground of your acceptance with God, it, acceptance with God, it's going to be perfect law-keeping. Now drop down to verse 11. But... If I, brothers, still preach this, if I preach circumcision, if I preach this, why am I still being persecuted? I don't preach that, and that's why I am persecuted. In that case, the offense of the cross has been removed. If you preach circumcision, the offense of the cross has been removed. Why? Because the cross strips us of the ability to boast in contributing any part of our righteousness to the ground of our acceptance with God. If we accept circumcision, Christ is of no advantage to us. And if we do accept Christ and his cross, he is totally an advantage to us, and our circumcision is no contribution to our justification. So, when we come back here to chapter 6, verse 12, and we read, that they were trying to make a good showing in the flesh, they were boasting in your flesh, only in order that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. Now we know why. Because the cross of Christ strips them of any ground for boasting, making a good showing or boasting in the flesh. Because if we depend upon Christ for the forgiveness of all our sins and the providing of all our righteousness, then our acts of law-keeping, like circumcision, are no contribution to our standing with God. So, what we've seen is that There are two things here, and one we saw just by thinking about the wording and logic of the text, namely, in the sinful human heart, there is this bent to want to make a good showing of the flesh, and we will even use God's law in order to help us boast in our ability to keep it. And secondly, we learn that the cross of Christ strips us of that so that it becomes an offense and results in persecution. And why are we persecuted? Because people don't like to have their achievements and their efforts and their identity and anything else that they might contribute to their own justification stripped away from them so that we fall back on Christ alone and he gets all the glory.